Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, Tony, baby. You're a mess. Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly. Are you ready? The trending news podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. (laughs) Extremely online, extremely clueless, horny for Bitcoin. Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your host, the Irish-American tornado and the real princess of Wales. We are back. Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox. Welcome back to Trend Lightly. Jingle, 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 <gasps> jingle. I'm Molly McLear, Tiffany Scott Maddox, my gorgeous queen of a co-host. How are you, my love? I am moisturized. I am, I've had a bath. I have been a trad wife today. <laughs> All day. Is your, bo- or is your bosom okay? <sighs> I don't know if it is. I worry about trad wives and their bosom. Yeah, me too. It feels like that's an essential part of their being. It is. You've got to have them real high, real tight, like a wench in a medieval tavern. I mean, you know, Pearl has been going off lately about how breastfeeding in public is immodest. (laughs) (laughs) And like how, you know, it's so distract it's so distracting. When women breastfeed in public. Mm. And I was just wondering, Tiffany, what you think about that. Well, like, (laughs) is it all stacking up to start to look like it means something for Pearl? (laughs) Or is it just me? Oh, I think I think it might do. Did you see I sent you a TikTok of a vice uh, interview? You know, they do those interviews with people who are masked. And they did an interview with a female incel, and I swear to God, the voice, and this person is masked, the oh, voice sounds just like Pearl. Have you heard it? Shall I play it for you? Yes, I would love that because, by the way, I didn't see that. And I'm, uh, no, I didn't see that at all. <laughs> I'm. It doesn't appear in our text that I've seen unless you sent this last week. I'm, oh my God, yes, I okay. want to hear that. Okay. <laughs> So this is great because the person is masked anyway, so you only have the voice to go on. Oh, my God. Okay. But the comments are hilarious because they're like, Pearl, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. It was hard to believe a woman had turned up. M, as we're calling her, describes herself as a femcel. Why a femcel and not just an incel? Because it's just a different ideology, in my opinion. Old men want to go after the most beautiful woman, and they don't actually want to go for the women who are like ugly, like like myself. Why do you think you are a femcel? Then I mean, is it because you haven't had luck with guys or something like what? Yeah, I've never had luck with guys. No guys have ever asked me out. And the only time that guys would ask me out would be to mock me. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Well. It's muffled because of the mask, but... It does sound a little bit just like her speaking voice, Mm -hmm. which, like, (laughs) I, I, 
I assume that they were using a little bit of a voice changer, but uh, yeah, plus the muffling from the mask, I think. So it's like it has this kind of quality like this because it's like a, it's like like a hard plastic mask. So there's like a little bit of you know, it's like it's being it's being muffled in there. I don't know if she's of service in that way. I don't know if she would show up to something where her face wasn't on camera. <laughs> That's like the other thing. I don't think that she's there to provide a service. I will say also that the fem cell community is even more depressing than the incel community to me because wow. I don't know if you've spent time on their reddits, but it's like I've never just sat I've never seen women just sit around and like call themselves ugly and like literally no one pushes back on it oh like no. every because you know like i mean you would think anytime there's a group of girls like someone mm. would be like okay sisters pull yourself up you mm -hmm. know like, <laughs> like it's just not i just don't i'm like i so don't get the thing but i yeah i mean i think i think something like that could be going on with pearl i also just I don't know. There's something so repressed about her, so weird, so judgmental, so attacky, so consumed with what women are doing. Mm -hmm. And it's just not normal. No, I agree. It would, I mean, I've always thought that she has a bit of a humiliation kink. So, like, in a way, there's a bit of me that's like, maybe she would just turn up because it's like, okay, the reporter is British, you notice. I don't know if this was filmed in the UK, but yeah. this person is obviously American. Mm -hmm. The plot thickens. <laughs> I could see her wanting to make moves at Vice. Mm. Like, even if it was to come in the side door through something like this, I could see her wanting to make sure she's on their radar. Mm. Even if it's because she's there to anonymously admit that she's a femme cell. But it's very sad. I mean, like, I understand being chronically let down by men. I cannot understand committing to a lifestyle of bitterness over it. I really can't. Like, I cannot imagine prioritizing romantic love to that level, which maybe says something about me, but I'm just like... I I'm just like, there's other things in life, you For know, sure. like go enjoy your life. Like you can't let this consume you. I would always say as well that male attention is of low value and it is abundant. And so I, even though incel as a term was actually first coined by a woman. So it's actually kind of weird that like there's this whole separate term for women who are incels, even though it was a woman who first wrote it down on the internet. I do think that any and all women can get laid if they want to. I couldn't say the same thing for men. <laughs> I know. I think that's true. Well, I think that... Even Pearl. I know. Oh, no, 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 no. Pearl could get... I mean, yeah. Totally. Like, there's someone willing to, like, take care of that job, and mm -hmm. you know, anywhere. That said, I think the fem cells... I think sometimes they do have sex, just like the incels occasionally do. It's like the lack of uh, trust that mm. it's anything more than a transaction mm. and that you, you have no guarantees in life when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, that's, I understand 
having difficulty accepting that because I think we all do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just very depressing to be pursued like an animal. But yeah, I kind of hope Pearl has that level of self-awareness. That's It's not on my predictions list for 2024. <laughs> but So should we tell the audience what the hell's going on? <laughs> yes, we should. Okay, because I like... I thought today was going to be a predictions and then we were going to be off for the next. But of course, you know me, I'm like caught up on all of these stories that you lovingly put together in a doc. I did not sleep last night. And then around 8 a.m. I was like, I'm going to get some sleep. So I was not being particularly communicative, which is a failing of mine, I've noticed. And so I have my predictions ready. We're going to do, instead of, in lieu of the afters, we are going to do our predictions episode, which will be up on regular time with the afters, and then we'll hit the main feed next next week. So everyone will have it next week. Mm -hmm. People who are subscribed to get the afters will get the predictions on Tuesday as normal, and then we're going to be off. That said, if you are a member of the Patreon or you're a subscriber, well, I think I don't know that we have the current feed set up for if you're a subscriber to be able to give you the afters. But if you're a Patreon member, we do. I have a bunch of bonuses coming down the pipeline, including we just put up our review of A Christmas Karen with my best friend, Christina Lopez. And we're also doing a Diva's Christmas, oh. which I've never seen before. And Christina is so excited to show me. So I am so excited yeah. for you to see that. I'm actually writing that down as we speak. A Diva's Christmas. Yeah, I guess. I don't, I correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's something like Tony Braxton <gasps> has a, and I might be wrong and I'm so sorry, but I know it's like a power diva R&B singer that like has dipped their toe in acting. And they play like, you know, an impossible diva that has to go through the Scrooge treatment in order to appreciate who she has. Like, I can't wait to see her, the ghost of Christmas future for, for the diva. That sounds so good, bad. Doesn't it? So I'm really excited. And it's one of Chris. She was like, literally like, no, seriously, you haven't seen it. And I'm like, no, I literally would never lie to you about that. But yeah. Wait, Tiff, can I give you a TV rack? It's untraditional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if anyone else is a TikTok scroller, you might have come across clips of the show Why Women Kill. Mm -hmm. And it's a Jennifer Goodwin show. And I believe also like Lucy Liu and stuff is in it. But I was scrolling TikTok last night and I just saw a clip of it. And then I sat there watching the show in like 60 second intervals completely out of order putting together the show <laughs> as this like weird little collage. And I'm going to tell you something. It is a very unethical but fun way to watch TV. As someone who has worked in television, I have to say I'm embarrassed. I'm And as someone in the Writers Guild, I'm embarrassed that I enjoyed consuming it that way. And I will go watch the full series because there's plot lines I intentionally skipped over. But yeah, I'm I love it. It's like my new favorite show that I've consumed in the most untraditional way possible. Oh, I'm looking for I'm looking for new shows because I think we, uh, we've watched all the TV and we're sort of running out of stuff. We've come to the end. We've come to the end, and 
like we're at the point where all of our favorite shows, like we're all caught up on them. And so we're having to watch them week by week. Ugh, like it's the eighties. And so we're just like searching for stuff to binge. We have been on a bit of a tear of Scandi dramas, just like revisiting. I do love a good Scandi noir. So we watched The Chestnut Man and A Nearly Normal Family this weekend. And do you know what? They're so perfect because they're six episodes long and they're just one and done and they're all dark and mysterious and there's something to be resolved in each. The Chestnut Man. I love The Chestnut Man. so fake and British and I love it. <laughs> I believe it's Danish. Oh, it's Danish. But it's, it's, it's really good. Six episodes, very, very dark. If you like The Bridge and The Killing, you will probably enjoy The Chestnut Man. It's excellent. Okay, I'll check that. Oh, wait, Tiffany? So let's say in Minecraft, I watched The Sound of Freedom this weekend. Oh, you did? Yes, because I wanted to close the loop on the year. Mm-hmm. And I was interested in what made Uncle Chris from the Yeet Baby spiral into darkness. <laughs> and okay. I'll just say, I think I was a little bit under the wrong impression about what exactly the movie was about. Okay. It was bad. It was it was bad. I'm not I don't speak Spanish, but I have enough of a working knowledge of it to know that I think the Spanish was really bad, even from Ooh. the Spanish speaking characters. Ooh. Like there was it didn't sound colloquial at all. And it sounded very like sim- simplified. And I don't know if anyone who speaks Spanish fluently who watched the movie can tell me if that's true. It there was something about the Spanish that I don't know seemed racist to me. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. But it was really bad. I mean, it was it was bad in all of the ways that you would expect it to be bad, but then not even not even worth the hate watch. And you know, I mean, these people are crazy. These people are fucking nuts and <laughs> i looked up the nickname for one of the kids and the only thing i could find was this demented beanie baby oh my god and i was like they would name a character after a beanie like that's exactly where the people who would write this movie would draw inspiration from is a rare international beanie baby but yeah i'm just uh i struggle with it and you know i um, I'm sorry that Chris got so worked up by that. <laughs> That's all I could think. I just kept saying, like, I can't believe this is what made Uncle Chris snap. Wow. And, you know, Pushed him Eric the has no idea what that means. Yeah. But, <laughs> and I did very little to help explain. By the way, can I tell you what he got me for Christmas? Go on. Like, it will be no surprise to you that I'm very easy when someone I care about gives me a gift. I am very easy to impress. But it was, it's a hardcover version of the first 200 Garfield comics that were (gasps) ever written. And it's like when Garfield looks crazy because he's so old like it's the original like 
And he's like, what are you taking notes on? Because I like had tabs and I was like, <laughs> writing notes. And I was like, well, this is the first lasagna that like you see. <laughs> and it like you have to get like three weeks into the comic to see him eat his first lasagna. But it's really it's it's uh, it was very thoughtful. And I was like, you know, I mean. I, I know I I know that that was probably an easy area for him for him <laughs> to go find something. But yeah, I just was very I was very touched by that. And there was a couple other things that were like a f- my, related to like fibromyalgia where I'm oh. just like, you're very sweet for thinking of that, you know, like, oh. yeah, yeah, it was like. One of them is a machine where I'm like, you know, we'll sit here and like electrocute ourselves <laughs> for hours. <laughs> like this is it's called a tens machine and yes! you do need to be very careful with yeah. it. I've had one in the past, but it's very addictive and but it's very like I was like, we have to be careful with this. I said, because we're both going to overdo it. And I mm. know it's it, I know it's going to happen. So but it's going to be great. And yeah, I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. I, he doesn't listen to this. So I'll tell you, I'm fucking replacing everything he owns. Like I hate everything he owns. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Like anything that is an addition to an apartment, I'm replacing it. Like I just, it's like, it's never going to happen on his end. I've come to realize that. And I'm like, if someone doesn't do it, he's going to have the same shit for the rest of his life. Like, he's just like me. Like, he's a little, like, fucking animal pack rat. And I'm like, someone needs to get in here and mix it up. You know, this is insane. So, yeah. But I want to know from you guys, what did you get your loved ones this holiday season what's like the best gift that you got and what is the best gift that you're giving someone you can i'll put up a post like around christmas day so that there's no spoilers if you want to say it i don't know why i mean hopefully you and your loved one are both listening to this podcast religiously mm-hmm. then discussing it in bed mm-hmm. before you go to sleep and being like oh Tiffany was so funny when she said that. And oh, God, Molly was so insightful when she (laughs) said this. (laughs) Tiffany, I had an idea too. Uh uh What if we took our like top five things that are our negative feedback about us as individuals? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we did an episode where we did none of that and see what comes out because I'm telling you, I don't think they would like that either. <laughs> like if I became, if I was very dispassionate about what we discussed and had really soft opinions, I can try to speak in the way that I would speak to a police officer, for example, uh-huh. where I really just, you know, no relaxation in this voice. You know, <laughs> I, I will I will work on it hard. I'll do elder elder flower shit. I'll, I'm, I'll get into it and really clean this voice up. Perhaps I'll do some YouTube vocal training, whatever it may take. But like, what <laughs> if we consider that? I mean, you would have to lose your hardcore immature edge, I believe. <laughs> And I don't you know if really that's possible. Have to, 
you'd really have to dumb it down. I don't know if that's possible. And I'd have to lose some of the self-righteousness. And I don't know if I can do that, but I could try. It'd be an acting exercise. Yes, and we'll see. We'll see. Like, do you like the show better now that we have changed everything Everything. (laughs) that you guys hate about us? Yeah. Yeah. There's someone right now thinking, well, you can't replace your souls. No. Well, we'll see. Give me a week of YouTube tutorials and I will do it. You won't even recognize the British one when I'm done with her. (laughs) No. And the stupid American bitch who smokes, you'll never, you'll never know it's me. But yeah, no, this will, this will be good. And yeah, I think, I think that I know the world is going to fall apart (laughs) over the two weeks that we're gone and we're going to be texting each other like, holy shit. That said, I am going to try to do some more pop culture bonuses on the Patreon and also if it's something that is like so the juice is loose, so to speak, if OJ dies, Mm -hmm. I will post that to the afters just and free ball it and fuck I'm, I might just wind up talking to myself or perhaps I can rope one of my unsuspecting but deeply loving friends into it so yeah should we fucking hit the news daddy let's do it okay <sighs> listen I tried really hard not to put too many bummers in this week because I thought it's Christmas and it's a gift it's a treat you know I don't want it to be I read a, a times article that said millions of men would, would abuse children if they could get away with it but I'm not saying that. Oh, I saw that too. And I was so unsurprised, mm-hmm. but so deeply disturbed mm-hmm. because I'm like, even if you're taking this anonymous survey, that's like, so if you knew that there was no way that if you diddled a kid, it <sighs> would come back to you. Like it is a foolproof diddling. Okay. <laughs> would you do it? And the amount of people that said yes, I mean, I think it was like one in 20 said like I absolutely would for sure yeah and then there was some people that also said that they had had that opportunity and did mess with like one out of ten like did mess with a child when they were over 18 years old and the child was I believe it was like under 12 yeah and I know that number would be even greater if we were including teens because for fucking sure Mm -hmm. I would still be afraid to fill out that survey, even if it was allegedly anonymous. Right. Like, they're putting you on a list. Right. They have to be. There's, like, what are the odds that you're not on a list? Like, they know who they sent that to. They can, they know the postmark. I mean, it included, it was the UK, some, like, I think it was, like, Ireland, Scotland, like, and then, like, the US and Canada. And, We've got some baddies in the house. Oh, a lot of Australians as well. Apparently, I think Australians were at the at some of the highest. Dude, you've been seeing uh, Neil the Seal? No. Oh, Tiffany. This is, guys, this is a little ramshackle. So I apologize for this because we are, the brain trust is finally back together and it's a little bit of a on, off the cuff moment here. There is a seal named Neil that <laughs> is. Well, I was going to say he's obese, but he's a seal. So <laughs> don't body shame just, Neil. I, well, here's the thing is that he's like 600 kilos. Okay, good for him. Which I don't really know what that is. <laughs> but 
it's it, like people have to call in sick to work if Neil happens to leave his ocean, which he does a lot. He's in Tasmania and he will lay in front of people's cars. He'll stop traffic and just lay in the middle of the street. Apparently, there's a cop he has a strong love-hate relationship with. (gasps) He'll often, like, just roll up and be laying on people's doorsteps. And it's like, hi, Neil. And (laughs) he's just this seal that's, like, a little overly comfortable in neighborhoods. And he's really a bright spot. In this world, because I'll tell you, I was looking over my predictions this morning and I was like, I am such a miserable person, but I think it's the pace of the world. And Mm -hmm. so I will I would like to offer you, Neil, the seal. If you want to take just a moment to watch, my phone is slowly sending you these videos. God, it's like we're practically in the old laptop days. Are you getting them? Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I'm looking at him menacing locals. I mean, I think they really like him. The first one will have, it's like a broad sweeping thing. Neil apparently causes chaos in the village. He likes to fight with road signs. (gasps) And... He, but he is like clearly very loving, and the whole community loves Neil. Like, he's a celebrity, but you can quite literally, like, this one woman got stuck in her driveway and couldn't go to work because Neil was laying behind the wheel. He was pulling a Jason Sudeikis and laying behind (laughs) the wheels of her car. And allegedly, I don't know, I can't speak to that. That's just what the nanny said, but. I don't think it was over salad dressing. I think that Neil just likes to lay. I mean, but like the one that I sent you, that's the girl talking about her Neil the Seal obsession. Like there's one of him taking a nap on a traffic cone, Neil in in someone's front yard, just yelling at him. Like he's very, (laughs) (laughs) they have to bring out the police to chase Neil. If you can go to, um, I believe it's like when there's only 27 seconds left in the video, there is a still of Neil. I'll post this on our IG because I've only downloaded it to my phone and I, you know, I can't, I certainly can't be bothered to go and find this again. But yeah, I mean, like the still I'm going to send you, Neil just fucking toppling a, a road yeah. walker. Like, yeah. And he looks so happy about it. Uh, oh, it's his greatest pride and joy. He's having Delighted. the day of his life. <laughs> so, you know, I'm pulling for this. It's nice when, you know, we loved Noodle, Bones Day, No Bones Day. Mm -hmm. We've loved many animals here on the show, but 
Neil is uh, special. And I can't imagine making such an indelible mark in an entire community. I love him. I love him. I love him. And that's how I wind up picking tattoos and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like Neil just fucking ramming his body into this. I don't know what it's called. Like a ro- road pole. What the hell do you call this? Bollard. Well, that's <laughs> definitely what you call it. Um <laughs> But I think it's called like I don't know what it's called here, like a road divider or something. But a bol a bollard, bollard, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. He's eat- he's uh jamming his body in one of those. He looks so fucking happy. <laughs> As you would I would. I wish I was Neil. I wish I was six. What is how much is six hundred kilograms? Let me see. It's like a thousand and twenty pounds. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was 1322 pounds <laughs> and literally just flopped around, did whatever I want, had complete respect of the locals. They don't approach Neil. I guess approaching seals is very dangerous. I will say, I personally I don't think Neil is showing signs of not wanting to get it a nice rub in a little like smack on the butt. Oh, you'd have to give him a little snack and it's like just a little jiggle. Yeah. Ooh, like a nice, like when you get a massage and they yeah. jiggle you after. Oh yeah. He needs that. He needs I bet that. he, I bet his body does hurt, you know, from dragging himself across concrete to go <laughs> yes. fucking lay on someone's porch and scare the FedEx man. But yeah, shout out, Neil. Neil, you are my hero of 2023. You are my person of the year. <laughs> okay, let's get into fallen legend. Yeah. Diva down Kanye West. He we has. Were- oh. Go ahead. He's, he, he, what I can't stand about him is that I really have a roller coaster of emotions because sometimes... I be I forget for a moment how much he's upset me, and I'll have a strafe run of just like, it's like ah, you know, it's all right, he's fine. You know, he'll release a little bit of a bop, and then I'll see an old clip resurfacing of him talking about Lady Gaga and Polaroids, and I'll laugh and I'll be like, oh, Kanye, <laughs> oh, that was funny when you said that, and then he'll go and be absolutely fucking awful all over again, and then I'm pulled back to reality, the reality I live in in which he's just very unacceptable. Oh, he's so unacceptable. I mean, I think, did I say, is this the full 10-minute rant clip? I have to, uh, there's one on Twitter that I will toss in the, you have the foam wall one that's about three minutes. I'm going to tell you the 10-minute one, he is rolling. Like, he's on a roll, dude. And it's one of those very, well, it's just, very dark mentally ill shit like yeah i it's you just really don't often see things like that usually someone in this state is protected Mm, instead of enabled and it is very clear in this room that is chock full of enablers that i think at one point he even calls out like in almost a sort of plea for help way they're like I don't know if anybody around you at the moment is there for his benefit. 
there's a girl who keeps saying, speak your truth, speak your truth, (laughs) as he's going on this like horrific, anti-Semitic, just ill-informed, mentally ill rant. There's like, there's everyone around him is filming him. He's very Yeah, I mean, like he's doing, it's one of those, it's so sad because he clearly doesn't have anyone around him who's normal. What happened to Zach, the producer or whatever, that guy that was always in his IG, they'd be like, it's fire. Yay. Like, Mm. and it's like, Zach, he doesn't care if you live or die. Like, Mm. who are you truly? But he was like one of his first, you know, always on his Instagram comments. Listen, I, we were up at the same time, Miraculously, I was up a little late and I think it was early for you. And some clips of the Vultures show started to come out. And I should have started the show with It's Your Bestie, North Northwesty. <laughs> Don't you test me. Like I there I should have I should have opened with that, but I sent them to you and there was this unfortunate moment where we had to admit that the man is talented. Mm. I mean, I will say two in the pink, one in the stink. You want a king? Burger King. Like, (laughs) that is not the Kanye that I really signed up for, but, I mean, he knows how to make a beat. I got to say, he really does know how to make a beat. I've I've never been a fan of Kanye's flow particularly but I do he does make a beat that kills it which is unfortunate (laughs) his his flow is on and off like it's either he's doing the most magical shit I've heard in a long time or he's it's poopy scoop what do you think is going on when he does that is he just having silly is he having silly time I think he's having a silly time yeah for sure I don't know. But he said in this rant that Northwest ripped up her mom's couches Mm. in order to go to this listening party, which, by the way, is not an environment for a child. If any of this stuff was said in front of a child, like, I feel like that's jail time. Like, yeah, yeah. Hate speech, like prolonged hate speech, likening himself. He said. Jesus Christ, Hitler, yay. I think naming like the three best of all time. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. That's in the extended 15-minute rant. Ooh. Yeah, you got to listen to the extended version. The, ex- <laughs> the director's cut? Okay. The fucking, yeah, the remix. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really one of the – it's really uh, sad. It's really sad to see someone go down like this. It's also really sad to see such a – insane display of anti-Semitism in a whole room of people around him being like, "Mm, mm." and there are a lot of people on allegedly on this album that typically with all Kanye releases was supposed to be out is not out. He's having a hard time getting clearance for the Backstreet Boys sample I've heard, which is shockingly something he chose to do. Mm hmm. Did you see him when he was at the club and there was all these people around him and it's just like everybody and it's 
the DJ's not getting what Kanye wants him to do. You could tell Kanye wanted him to play the everybody part that sort of loops for a while Mm -hmm. and then sort of add in this other thing. And the lyrics never came in. Kanye was actually somewhat polite to him. Oh. And said, you know what? This isn't going to work, but I'll be back. But it's a bunch of fans that, I mean, I don't know, like date rapist wouldn't even be the right word. Just like would call you call you a bitch for not being receptive to catcalling type people mm-hmm. listening to the music. And they're trying so hard to make this Backstreet Boys sample something that they're enjoying. But like they're <laughs> just of that wrong age to <laughs> like these are not 90s kids. These are true Gen Z like younger Gen Z types, like maybe 19 or something. Is that younger Gen Z? Yeah. And they're really trying to support Yay. And, but instead they're just hearing the Backstreet Boys, which I can't imagine there's anything lamer to them than the Backstreet Boys. Right. Even though it goes really hard. I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, this like this, this everybody sample goes so hard. And I was like, do I like this like thing or do I just really like the song Everybody by Backstreet Boys? <laughs> Backstreet's back. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I Can we talk about the North ripping up the couches thing and how, because mm-hmm. that feels like a punish. That feels like something where it's like, well, if you're going to destroy the couches, like the solution isn't go see your father. And like, yeah, you would hope any normal man i mean he's not normal but you would hope even kanye would be like no actually you know kanye wouldn't do it but Mm. you know you can't destroy property well what i would say is there was a a take on twitter that i thought was pretty spot on which talked about like actually probably speaks highly of kim's parenting that she creates like boundaries and discipline and North like kicking off because she wants to go see her dad probably shows how like completely lawless it is when she's with him. Oh yeah. I mean she's of that age too, right? Where it's like, I'm gonna want to go see my dad, you know, kicking off because Kim's kind of making you brush your teeth and go to bed on time. Well, yeah. I, I did a I did a bonus with Emily Rose and I and I apologize if I talked about this last week, but we talked a little bit about North's portrayal on the Kardashians this year and how I just don't think in the long long run that Kim is doing any favors for North, who has a very mentally ill father who has said literally like nightmarish stuff about her in public, including now this like revealing this. I don't know. I mean, would I call it an act of violence? No, I would call it a major outburst that is incredibly just like disturbing. Like, just I know furniture is just an item, but I mean, like, I mean, did the kid take a knife to the fucking couch? Like, how does a kid destroy a couch? Like, it mm. just sounds like there's some really scary, unmitigated anger. And you know that he is undoing whatever it is that the nannies and Kim have sort of agreed on. Mm-hmm. And Kim recently has been talking, too, about how she loves her girls but girls steal their makeup and girls steal your clothes and she just loves being a boy mom. And then in this extended rant, Kanye blurts out something about how Kim has his kids running around in soccer uniforms. 
which I believe is him shading that St. West likes football, likes likes soccer. Mm, yeah, he's like like really into it, right? Yeah, like he went and they met like Lionel Messi or whatever his name is. is that his name, Lionel Messi? Yes. I think it's Lionel Richie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought Lionel, but I – yeah, I, I thought like, it's like, well, what do you want him to like? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's such a healthy, normal, rewarding thing for a child. Is there anything more pure than being a child who likes soccer? I know. For a little period there as a child, I was quite into it. Yeah. Me and my, I think we were both nine. Me and my nine-year-old boyfriend, Gamal Rahman, went to see Manchester United. And I'm like, why are you dogging on that? Like, what is it about dog? Does he think it's gay or something? Like, what does he think? I don't know. There couldn't be a more pure, internationally beloved sport than soccer. And I know because I've lived through many years of my entire summer or whatever being ruined because the World Cup goes on for eight months. Yeah. And you just can't go anywhere. But I I see the joy that it really does bring people. It really brings people together. And you know, I'm a big Oasis fan. So whatever Liam likes, I like. <laughs> whatever he dislikes, including Noel, I dislike. And yeah, I just, you know, like it. that happens all the time in divorced families where the dad shit talks the mom like, gets them filled up on junk food, lets them watch R-rated movies, and then they return to the house and act out or whatever else. I cannot imagine sending my kid that I, you know, between me and the people I pay to help me have been trying to put in place in terms of child rearing, that being undone. Mm -hmm. Because there's... I know there's not a bedtime at Kanye's house. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I just know. I just know. I mean, like North has very mature tastes, and like even the, like, didn't she say that like her favorite movie was some like, not The Shining, but it was some very like disturbing like movie that like horror movie that a child her age should not have seen. That does not surprise me. Be touting it as. Um, remember, North has already blown through her goth stage. Mm-hmm. And Kim, for some reason, is really loving showing how what some may call spirited North can be. What I and I think most people would call kind of fucking rude. She is. Yeah. 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 It's funny because like when you see I, I mean, I haven't watched the Kardashians since it became the Kardashians I think maybe I watched the first couple but I've seen the clips of the most recent season of of North on that show and and it's I don't know I think the behavior is sort of encouraged a little bit as like a I don't know in the comment sections it's always oh she's just like Kanye like she's so like Kanye as if it's like funny and cute and I don't think there's anything cute about it it's like incredibly obnoxious my theory is that Kimmy requires a foil She's just a ridiculous person, and Mm. so she requires someone who's going to check her on that show, and we've seen her sisters do that for years. Mm -hmm. And here along comes this next generation, and it is very funny that North has her mom's number. At the same time, a lot of the things North has said to Kim that are sort of like viral moments are things that a child hears out of the mouth of another adult Mm -hmm. when they're like she's like you need to spend time with your kids you know oh Mm -hmm. you're so fake 
your voice is so fake. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need so much makeup. Saying things like that is like, I mean, (laughs) I turned out so very far from perfect, but I will say Shauna knew how to gather my ass. (laughs) Like, there was no way that I would have been allowed to do any of that. And I know that they're not having a standard single mother situation over there, but still, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I know Chris was firm. I know Caitlin, you know, was very firm. So I don't know. I'm just fucking mind blown. I've Robert Kardashian rolling in his grave. <laughs> Shall we talk about the last minute appearance uh, of the year of our problematic fave, Azalea Banks? With her reading glasses firmly on, ready to uh, tear Kanye down. She called Kanye West a fat, smelly loser. Fair. And she came to the defense of Nicki Minaj, who we're going to talk about in a sec. But yes, she says, screaming, fuck Bernard Arnault. Does he not realize that he is fat and out of shape? Louis Vuitton does not make clothes for size 3XL, you fucking bird-brained ghetto butch queen. You think anyone is taking (laughs) fashion advice from an out-of-shape man-child? And is he really trying to chastise Jay-Z for not supporting him when just a year ago he accused him of murdering people, even after Jay-Z forgave him for bad-mouthing him and his wife? Does he really think black people are so stupid that we can't tell he's lying to legitimize his pitiful stereotypical tantrums over some fucking sneakers? Fucking sneakers! By these desperate attempts to draw correlations between this and the very real deaths of Emmett Till and George Floyd. In what world does Candace Owens get more respect than Nicki Minaj? So you were too good to do a sneaker collaboration with Nicki, but now you want to pop out when, he sh- when she's showcasing her new work to release a song you asked her to make a more make more holy, then turned around and collaborated with her enemy, who you also just badmouthed. He thinks he's important enough to be assassinated. The fucking comedy. I really pray that a real man comes along and knocks his fucking head off. He has been chastising and disrespecting women for far too long. Someone has to sit his ugly ass down. That was so fucking ugly of him to really have the audacity to step on her release like that. Then badmouth her in a room full of absolute nobodies. He must be smoking crack. He does seem like he's on something and not just regular when people are experiencing mania and they come off a little fried he does seem like he's he's on something else i mean he has said in the past that he was on he had an like an oxy addiction after he got liposuction Mm. so i believe he said so he could look skinny for us which i'm like kanye i don't care if you're you know i i like roly-poly kanye yeah Calling someone a fat, smelly loser is not okay. However, I think it's appropriate here because it's important to hurt his feelings. It's funny. It's it's not one of her most eloquent reads. And honestly, you know, if there's something I have a little bit been craving, some of the wordcraft, some of her previous reads, something that really paints a picture, like drinking a, a flat Sprite out of a bin in Times Square, like that really just like, it's just so illustrative. Uh, this doesn't have that quality, but it does have a, a, a sting to it that I think, you know, as you've, as you've said, is designed just to hurt 
Yeah, I mean, I would fucking cry if Azalea Banks said any of this to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it would really apply. I might be smelly, but I, yeah, I, I'm worried about him in a real way. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's very easy for people to say, like, well, fuck him. I'm not great at that fuck everyone thing. Mm. I'm just not. I don't ever want to see someone hurting. No. And I'm not like an angel for that. I just am a person for that. It makes me sad. And yeah, Mm. I, I just, you know, Kanye has been an important part of my life. I've been listening to Kanye's music since I was a college student. And I've had some of the best nights of my life at his shows. And I do think that he is a musical genius. I do. I just also think that maybe he's always been a bad person. I don't know. But I just don't. I mean, like, I'm I'm fine with Jamie Jamie Spears getting a amputation. But oh, yeah. I don't know if I want the worst for Kanye. I don't know if I want that. Mm-mm. It's just sad, man. Like, it's just sad. Oh, it's so fucking sad. It's so sad. And yeah, it, yeah, it's, there's nothing about it that's not so fucking sad. So I, yeah, I don't know. Question. Mm. So I do have the round gap. Easy Gap jacket that I ordered before he was really, really bad. And then, like, but by the time it came, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can be caught dead in this. Mm. But I don't know if everyone knows what it is. Mm. But I really kind of think that it would be the perfect jacket to wear in Vegas because it's that right warmth. Mm-hmm. But am I going to get my ass kicked? If I wear this garment that I already own, but should I just sell it on eBay? Because I think I bought it for more than what people are selling it for. I've never worn it past sort of putting it on and walking around my room. <laughs> it is it is a little cumbersome, but it's flashy. And so, but am I going to offend visually? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about it. You guys let me know. I'm not. Yeah, I. uh, Fuck. You know, the money's kind of already spent. I think if you were wondering whether or not you should buy one, I think that might be a different story. But it's like maybe it's like wearing a vintage fur, you know, it's like, well, the terrible thing has already happened. Well, yeah, that's the other thing is I've been going back and forth, too, because I have my Nana's mink and it's like a floor length mink. And I really like to have it's getting my 40th birthday. Yeah. You know, like part of me is going to I always do my own thing. Eric wears the same thing every day of his life and he always looks cool to me. But I like to do my own thing. We look like strangers who met that night when we <laughs> go out. It's going so to very different parties. But I don't know. I'm 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 like if someone splashes me with red paint or does something to that jacket, I will kill myself. But also, do we not own things to be worn? Yes. Like Nana, 
my Nana waited her entire life for that mink. I was the only person who guessed when she said, guess what I finally got? No one could guess. And I said, you got your mink. And she said, I got my mink. And so I was very lucky that my mom passed it to me last Christmas. And it lives in a box in my closet, temperature protected and everything like that. And But I'm just like, do I bring the mink? Do I risk showing up to the Burbank airport in a floor length mink? <laughs> because you can't pack a mink. And right. it's I there's no insurance in the world that could get that back for me if I lost it. But Burbank, California, there could be a crazy vegan. They will wind up on the no fly list. But I kind of want to wear it. But then I'm like, maybe I could just wear this Yeezy thing. And like, I'm stuck here with just can't, nothing but cancelable outerwear. I was going to say, do you own any non-problematic outerwear? I do own some non-problematic outerwear. Like I have the same Ted Baker coat in three different colors. It's just like a great wool coat, but I have to get it dry cleaned. And I don't want to get caught up in the circus of it may be not being done. The admin. Gotcha. Yeah. Like if I drop it off, maybe if I drop it off tomorrow, I'll definitely have it. But I worry about, you know, sometimes they'll say, I'll drop it off on a Monday and they'll like, come get it Friday. And I'm like, oh, I, I think you're supposed to do it faster. <laughs> than that. So I don't know, but I'll figure it out. That's Millie Loser. So this is all about Nikki not clearing the new body verse. Wow. I thought this was about her, that Pink Friday 2 wasn't selling that well. Well, the Cardi and Nikki thing is about that. But the reason why Kanye got mad at Nikki was because she's not clearing the new body verse, which is a song that for like four, three years or something, people have had this stray verse that Nikki did for Yay for New Body, which is like it's gone viral on TikTok several times. It's like a really fantastic verse in a Kanye song and the beat is great. And she's, I think that's what pissed him off with her. And I, and Nikki just released Pink Friday too. So she, I think for a couple reasons, for some reason might have a moral backbone here and doesn't want to give Kanye approval to release the verse. But I, I think also, yeah, she was afraid that this song and his release would step on her toes for Pink Friday, too. Mm. Sometimes I don't know what Nikki wants. I think that this album is selling fine. Have you listened? I have not listened. I've not listened. I've been a bad barb because I have not listened. But yeah, I don't know. I, I have a complicated. It's like I have a very complicated relationship with Nikki, not to the same extent that I do with Kanye, because Kanye's both of their behavior is deplorable. I would say somehow I do feel that Kanye is worse. Yeah. Because like, you know, but no, I haven't listened yet. I am, I, I almost fear it because I have been such a Nicki Minaj fan since before Pink Friday even came out. Infamously, I snuck into the Pink Friday photo shoot. So I was there for the cover of that that being shot and I got to meet Nikki and it was like the best day of my it was the most affirming day of my life, my young life. But I I get scared because I don't I don't always like her current output. Mm -hmm. I'm not I put it off. I'm avoidant. Right. Right, right, right. Have you heard like anything? Nada. 
Not a, not a whistle. Nothing. I haven't seen a viral TikTok dance. I haven't seen anything in like the barbs are a powerful set. Right. Yeah, I haven't I haven't uh the in fact the only time it came on my radar was because of the tweets. Yeah. Which were I which I couldn't honestly make head nor tail of, honestly. So, I guess Nikki feels that there was so they I guess they lost 12 hours on initial first day sales. I don't know if that's because it launched a little bit late, but everyone knows that like your first week that shit needs to be up playing at midnight because then you get you can get the full scope of what's possible for your streams, your your purchases, etc. So I guess the first 12 hours didn't count or or maybe it was a little bit released late. Mm-hmm. And so Nikki thinks the number of sales is actually more in the 300 like 200k sale thing in which she thinks it might be closer to actually more like 300k and they're knocking off she feels that someone in the industry is knocking off about you know 30 to 40k right off of each milestone and she claims that this is because she didn't sign a 360 deal which is something that like Doja has, like Ice Spice might even have, because I think she just signed with WME, where they basically are going to take a percentage of everything you do, where like most most artists make the majority of their money off of touring and merch. Mm-hmm. And what they're essentially doing is they're giving their agencies a cut of touring and merch and appearances and everything like that, which normally, traditionally, they wouldn't have a percentage of. But the 360 deal guarantees that you are going to get seen and and trotted around. And I think that's a little bit of where some of the success we've seen with Ice Spice come from. I mean, I don't think Nikki, when she was starting out, would have her team email someone who was on the level of like a Taylor Swift. I mean, Ice Spice was so small relatively when Taylor Swift agreed to work with her. And that is giving, oh, this is the byproduct of a 360 deal. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to get you in the room with the biggest musician in the world at the time when you are, when you have two songs out Mm -hmm. and a couple good features. So, grah. (laughs) indeed yeah so she's already in a bad mood right and then i don't know if she started it with cardi but i think maybe the barbs or something Mm. maybe there's a diss maybe there's something i don't really know but cardi and nikki continued to do this beef in a very strange selena and Haley bieber type way to me where it's like, just ignore each other. Like, if you can't even fake it, like, there's nothing wrong with faking it. Being cordial. It's called being cordial. Ladies, you know? ladies, come on. Enough now. If you don't like each other, you just have to ignore each other. 100%. Like when you're in school and they're just like, okay, two of you. Don't talk to yeah. each other. That's it. 
I don't want to see any more trouble. And Cardi recently announced her split with Offset, which she said happened a little while ago. She said, I've been single for a while now, and I just didn't know if you guys were picking up on that or not. But then maybe a day after she sort of did that first IG live, she did a second one where she wasn't even in the picture and she was just sort of like yelling and crying and saying like this man is constantly testing me and I don't know why and I don't know like what I have to do to get him to leave me alone and give me peace and like you guys have no idea what I'm going through and I don't know what inspired her to get online and say that. I will say, did you see that clip of Megan the Stallion on live where she said that one of the things that her friend, her former friend, Kelsey and Tori did, they all knew that social media really affected her. Mm -hmm. And so they did their worst on social media, knowing that it would really destroy her, the fragility of her mindset, you know? And so I wonder if maybe that's a little bit of like the psychological campaign that Cardi is going under that just made me feel like, okay, maybe that's a lot of what we see from celebrities is like, this really does. I thought it was brave of Megan to mention that Mm -hmm. because that's basically putting your biggest vulnerability on display to be exploited anytime someone wants to. But Cardi tweeted out of nowhere, it seems. I'm really 100. Today is not the day. Take your man to a park and leave me the fuck alone. I mean... It's kind of good. <laughs> it's kind of good. Take your man to the park because if you know, you know, if you're new here, Nicki Minaj's husband is a sex offender and would get arrested if he attended a park. <laughs> and then did you see that Nicki responded with a picture of Michael Jackson in a car like looking like hell. Yeah. And I don't know if she under like got like got really and she's Nikki's very smart. She understands layers. But Offset is like really into Michael Jackson now and Cardi had said something about how he has like a huge Michael Jackson tattoo on his stomach so that when she's giving him head she's like looking directly at Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh god. But like Michael Jackson also is lived his life knee deep in pedophilia rumors yes yeah so i'm like nikki what's the joke yeah (laughs) Yeah. there are many there are many potential routes in and out of this joke i mean wow the layers you know she really is the yeah uh, just she knows how to stack those references but yeah the girls are still fighting i just wish peace for the two of them i don't think it's going to happen and I don't understand why Nikki is like this. She seems like sometimes she can be really cordial and maybe even g- like a little girl powery. She had a bunch of the new girls on a remix she did. And I, as an old school barb, I teared up her because I was like, maybe this is growth. Maybe she's giving other women a seat at the table for once and mm-hmm. like, n- and sort of. Uh, stepping into her role as someone who's had success and can be gracious enough to extend that to others. But for some reason, Cardi just works her the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's because she's a TV watcher? Nicki Minaj? Yeah. Like she's a big, 
reality TV watcher. Like she co she hosted the Potomac reunion with Andy one year. Oh. And do you think she like knows Cardi from Love and Hip Hop and has like a very Maybe. just like low opinion of her because of that? Maybe. I don't know. I could see her being like, why is this like, you know, it's like, is Cardi B like Countess Luann to her? <laughs> what do you mean? Iconic? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's move into a little more positive news, a little <laughs> dick news this isn't really a story but it did send me to the moon which is that sophie turner has been seen going around various places in england with her new boyfriend three months after the joe jonah split go for her and her new boyfriend is apparently called peregrine pearson which sounds like a made-up british man and if i told you that i had a teacher called peregrine pearson you wouldn't believe me and you'd think i was that I was faking my Britishness. <laughs> yeah, if you told me you were around snogging with a man named Peregrine, Peregrine Pearson. Pearson. <laughs> Listen, I do like that it's it is giving Dickens. You know what yeah. I mean? It's very. This man's allegedly like loaded. Is that is that right? Apparently so. Wait, wait, the pair who confirmed their relationship last week were invited to spend a few days at Blindham Palace in Oxford by the Marquis and Marchioness of Blandford. These sound like made-up things, I know. Yeah. And then there's a picture of everybody in their little hunter wellies and barber jackets. And of course, there's a Labrador and it's all very green and there are quite a lot of flat caps and it's very saltburn. Was she straight up bowling? Like, I think I saw her doing something like she went to like a pub and went bowling or something. Oh. And I don't know. I don't know if that's right or if I just read it as bowling because I'm uncultured or something. But I it seems like she's a very simple English girl. Yes. At the end of the day. Yeah. And that she really likes just the local tradition. And I can't I can't imagine what a girl who is that at her core was doing married to a fucking Jonas brother. I know. I know. It's funny because, I mean, the whole beef anyway was about her wanting to live in England and, and raise the children there amongst, I'm sure, lots of other things. That seemed to be the thing that was um, articulated very loudly as part of the separation. But, yeah, it, it always felt like an odd pairing to me. But it was so odd that I thought, well, I can sort of see how this might work because they're so different that they might have other things in common, but they're culturally always learning things about each other. But this seems correct. I hope that Peregrine Pearson <laughs> is giving her the ride of her life. Yeah, I hope that she gets to be a simple lass in her, you know, Cable knit sweater, drinking at a pub, drinking at a pub, eating skittles. terrible fucking food, and <laughs> I saw a picture of British food yesterday that I just wasn't sure if it was real, and I almost didn't want to send. I just was like, maybe this is offensive to send, but it looked like peas. It was like neon green peas made into a gravy. Oh, is mushy that a peas. Thing? Yeah, mushy peas. But are they are they really like deep green, like jungle green? Yes, yeah. They're sort of like uber well, yeah, yeah. They're uber processed. Damn bitch. Yeah. <laughs> they're like a, you know? a they're a chip shop staple. You would have them with fish and chips and gravy and mushy peas. Yeah. I mean, I believe I believe 
if if everyone's loving it, who am I to say? <laughs> I'm personally not a big mushy pea fan, but I can get down with a mushy pea every once in a while, like an artisanal mushy pea. Yeah, I bet that's good. I mean, I know you eat good. That's the thing. I know you eat good. <laughs> and so I just, even when, a, you know, Amelia is chomping away at that chicken, I'm just like, oh, that looks like it was cooked in very hot oil for just a little not long enough. <laughs> you know, the oil's the right temperature. We did not get to the browning stage. Mm-hmm. And so I just like, and I wonder, is it breast? Is that what they put in your nuggets? Or That's just chicken breast, right? It's straight yeah. up chicken breast. Yeah. yeah, that's what it should be. But I just, yeah, I sometimes I watch her eat those nuggets and I'm like, Oh, babe. Yeah, that's like a, a fat, juicy tender. That's a, that's a, a like a chicken shop is a very, a very specific form of low grade food. Like a kebab shop is, you know, they're like basically for drunk people and roadmen. I love, I love roadmen. Yeah. Honey, I love when people talk about roadmen. <laughs> what if that happens to me? What if I do go to England and I, what if what if Eric and I go for Taylor Swift and AEW? It's not happening. But what if we do? Mm-hmm. We're hanging out with you. One night I, but then one night, you know, we, we're at some hotel. <laughs> a man in a puffer jacket and a hoodie. <laughs> and I've left my toothbrush at the last stop. So I have to go to a store and and get my own little new toothbrush and in in the process I stumble across the most handsome roadsman I've ever seen in my life and he goes oh go go now where you going go what do you need go oh you talking to me or what girl will they ever are they ever helpful that is them being helpful Oh, no, I know that is them. But like, do they do they genuinely want to help me find my toothbrush, or is it are they just trying to mac? They're trying to mac. Okay, so I would have to say no. I have I'm otherwise engaged. I don't know what that means or nothing. But what are you doing? What are you doing, girl? They're going to ask you a lot of questions that like you can't really immediately answer. That are like almost existential. That like your your answer will not be satisfactory to them, and it feels like there's not going to be an end goal in sight. Got it. Yeah. You know who I have a little crush on from Chicken Shop Date? Oh. I think Amelia does too. H. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she does. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a young boy. I mean, I, I feel like a pervert, but like, because he, he looks young. But I mean, I just love that boy, H. He seems so sweet and silly. Is he a roadsman? Uh, I don't know if he would be a classic roadman. No. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll see what happens. But you got to keep him on your toes. So on their toes. Did you, this was not in the doc and I just tossed it in because, and I want to apologize because I do think that this is from someone who's hateful. So if you click on the link, do not follow this person or expect news from them that is helpful. This just seemed like the most collaborative piece of information about it. Okay. So there's a Senate staffer who you know, I'm not really sure what they do. I think they're paper pushers and that they, not paper pushers, but like, I think that they're responsible for basically being aides, like a, for like a, like a, an assistant sort of to various members of the Senate. I know this particular guy that is at the center of this story 
has worked for multiple senators. So it seems like you can kind of keep your spot there. Well, a video was posted to his close friends, which I've just recently learned. And I'm so sorry to all of my gay male friends who I did not realize that this is how close friends works for you. I'm now realizing I don't understand close friends, gay, gay culture, but like, apparently like who your average gay man has on their close friends is every gay man they've ever met. Mm -hmm. Like some celebrities they think are really hot and then like 300 other people. And so like, it's not, it goes like, you know, there's a lot of stuff being shared with a lot of people. So it would be very difficult to find out who the leaker was, but to his close friend's story, and I cannot stress to you enough how shocking this is that Instagram even allows us. There's a video of him. It's, he's a twink <laughs> taking it from a, a, presumably some daddy. Mm -hmm. And I guess he's in Amy Klobuchar's seat, Who's which that? is, I don't think it was a diss on Amy Klobuchar, but is she, Amy Klobuchar is one of the goodies. Okay. So maybe he felt safe there. Maybe he felt safe there. I think obviously this is just an act of exposition. And and then there was also, and I cannot 100% prove that this is real, The the this other thing I'm going to say, but I guess he had also posted something of like him naked in a bathtub. This was at a different time. And now people are using these, you know, using this moment to sort of reveal some of the other stuff he's done. And there was one of him naked in a bathtub, like bent over the side of it being like, waiting for you, Lindsey Graham, <laughs> or something like that, which is interesting to think that Lindsey is verse, because uh -huh. I would have never thought that that would be the case. You know, uh -huh. you never know. I, I always assumed that that was not his preferred, like, he, you know, Lindsey wouldn't be with a twink. But yeah, I mean, this is a this is a scandal. This is definitely I mean, it's fun. It's this is really fun. Like if January 6th wasn't an act of terror and it was just chaos, this is a little like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of wild to see some guy get uh fucked in in the Senate assembly in the assembly hall. So I wonder if, I mean, what a rush, probably. Oh, yeah. The and thrill, I mean, the exhilaration, the danger of it all. Like for me personally, I don't, I, I, I personally don't understand exhibitionism because I'm so anxious that I, I think it would like kill anything sexual immediately. The idea of somebody walking, I'd like the humiliation factor of it all would be so unsexy to me. But if I was into it, Come on, like what a what a get. Yeah, what I experience. I'm shocked that and we don't know that this isn't true, but I'm shocked that no one fucked in the rotunda on January 6th. Well, there was only like three girls there, wasn't there? Kind of. And one of them and got then, shot. But then but then I'm also surprised. I mean, I would think that that would be a perfect grinder opportunity. Oh. <laughs> For, like, two guys on the DL to, like, go blow each other in Nancy Pelosi's personal bathroom. <gasps> yes. Don't you think? Yeah, what a wasted opportunity, actually. And maybe that's something we'll never know because it's, like, the one area not covered with cameras. Right. But I, I would like to believe that there was some grinder 
situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about Zucky. Yeah, this is this is very present of mind at the moment because this weekend Billy and I watched the film Leave the World Behind. Have you heard? Have you heard this? Have you seen this? No, but I was seeing people say that this reminded them of that. And I knew I must have missed out on something. Oh, the film itself is, I've been thinking about it a bit. I'll tell you for why. It's about a family that goes on a vacation and they, whilst they're there, a bunch of really odd shit keeps happening. The people who own the house that they're renting come back to the house. And it turns out that one of the, the owner of the house is, works in the stock market and, is very much aware of sort of trend analysis and prediction. And when there was a blackout in the city in New York, he drove back to his Long Island house, presumably to get somewhere a bit more safe and not be in the city. And as the film unfolds, it seems apparent that he had a a pretty good gut feeling upon speaking to one of his clients that was incredibly wealthy, that shit was about to go to hell he wasn't entirely sure what it was, but this person who was very wealthy had said, you know, had moved a lot of money very, very close to this, all of the shit occurring. And he had this really horrible sinking feeling like, oh fuck, like the world is basically ending. This, These people are isolated in this home and they have no phone signal. There's like emergency broadcasts on the TV. All of the roads are, are closed because the self-driving Teslas are all driving themselves and crashing and blocking all of the roads. There seems like there's been some major hack by cyber criminals and yeah, they're basically stuck and isolated as civilization collapses. And it like, it, it did give me the fucking chills because also I was thinking about how deeply reliant I personally am on my phone to validate almost everything in my entire life, every existence. Like if there's a weird noise, I will Google to see if anybody else has talked about the weird noise, like in my area. If that, you know, if you're in a taxi and you're going somewhere and somebody speaks a different language, then you bring up Google Translate. If you, like, if something weird is kicking off, then you immediately go to the news or you go to your phone. I mean, it used to be go to Twitter slash X, but you know, that's not really the place where people gather when things happen anymore. So yeah, it was, it was fully chilling. And in the film, it's revealed that there's a family who have spent a lot of money building this bunker. And so when I read this story about Zuckerberg building his bunker, I had like this sort of like prickly pear feeling because you and I have discussed how the Kardashians have essentially built a compound, how Peter Thiel has got a, you know, he's got his bunker. I'm sure Bezos has bought, he's bought up an island just off Florida, which I'm entirely sure has a like a bunker. So like the people who have a huge amount of money are insulating themselves from impending disaster. And there's a book actually that I want to read over Christmas called Survival of the Richest. If anyone's read it, let me know. Or if anybody wants to read it and discuss it with me, read it and then DM me and we can talk about it as a book club. But it's basically about this. It's about all of the billionaires building their escape bunkers, essentially. They've made the mess and then they're no longer willing to live in it and they know that they've kind of fucked everything so zuck is building this mega mansion this complex that i think is going to end up costing something in the region of 200 million dollars in hawaii he bought the land in 2014 and everybody involved in the construction of it has signed many non-disclosure agreements so in fact like a lot of contractors have been fired already off the project for sharing things on social media so it's pretty watertight but Wired did a bit of a deep dive and they got a kind of publicly available documents and planning documents and did a, you know, 
an information request and all the rest of it and got some of this some of this stuff so it looks like the compound is going to be 1400 acres it will have a 5000 square foot underground shelter it will have its own energy and food supplies and it will have a blast resistant door uh, the compound consists of more than a dozen buildings with at least 30 bedrooms and 30 bathrooms. It's centered around two mansions with a total floor area comparable to a professional football field, which contains multiple elevators, offices, conference rooms, and an industrial-sized kitchen. In a nearby wooded area, a web of 11 disc-shaped tree houses are planned, which will be connected by rope bridges, allowing visitors to cross from one building to the next while staying among the treetops. And then there's a building on the other side of the main mansion, which has got the gym, pool, sauna, hot tub, all the rest of that kind of stuff. There are other guest houses and operational buildings. And there are there is a tunnel underneath the two mansions, which is the one that connects them underground via this kind of mm. 5,000 square foot underground shelter. <sighs> Terrifying. Covered in cameras, as we know. Self-sufficiency has its own water tank which is 55 feet in diameter and 18 feet tall with a pump system. A variety of food is already produced across its 1,400 acres through ranching and agriculture. Also, a man died there while guarding um, the property. Oh, how did he die? He was a security guard. Now, he was 70 years old. I don't know. Look, no oh, shade. But 70 is not ideal for a security guard. And he was waiting for someone to come and pick him up after his shift and because I think of the level of secrecy they couldn't contact him or something and he ended up having a heart attack and dying and then there's been some really dodgy stuff with the family trying to get some you know proper answers but the whole thing has been shrouded in secrecy did you know that the new like open air are you okay are you feeling sad yeah I don't like it though no it's because... it's terrifying well I just don't know what he knows. And I always go back to when that picture of him came out where not only was his camera covered, because I think everyone does that on their laptop now, except for me, because I'm like, why don't you watch me? Like, I get very <laughs> defiant in a weird way. Yeah. And actually, I need to change that because I cannot be walking around with military grade uh, wound dressing and then at the same time be like, fuck the government <laughs> and watch me. Like, I, am I scared or am I not scared? But what does he know? Yeah. What do they know? Why do they want to survive it? What, yes, quite. Preservation is like self-preservation is very interesting to me because I am always surprised at the lengths I will go to to live. Like my behavior during COVID, I understand because there's a deep Catholic guilt in me where I literally am just like if I was responsible for someone's death, I might as well be dead myself. Like there is no mm. event in my life that I don't mind putting on hold or or doing later or goal I need to meet that is worth me risking hurting another person and causing a mortal wound. Okay. But this is the this is the scariest shit on the planet. And I don't know if they're just cuckoo and like this is not a bad way to spend a ton of money if you have it. I mean, I think I mean, I think Hawaii, no offense, it's a little stupid to do it there. I was thinking the very same thing. I mean, they're fucking islands. And like, I just don't know how much time we have left with islands in the grand scheme of things 100 percent. if it's total climate collapse that we're looking at then 
I think places like Hawaii are going, well, I think they're already being affected. Like we know that people in the global South are being heavily affected by climate change. Like the amount of people who died in Pakistan in the floods is like, it is the beginning of something like this is, this is nowhere near over. So like, yeah, the fucking Pacific islands, man. I don't know if that would be my first pick. Like in a weird way, the ideal place to be in the United States, should all things go to hell, would be the Midwest, mm-hmm. which I believe is set to, if predictions turn out to be right, set to wind up as almost a tropical climate, which is fucking bizarre. Because mm-hmm. when you think of the Midwest, you think of nothing but gray skies and bitter cold, but in corn. But I guess maybe it's going to be closer to a tropical climate there. And I would think that, you know, it's a pretty solid piece of land. Like, why not go for Oklahoma or something? (laughs) I know that it doesn't have the same fun beach culture. But if if we're in a place where you're living underground in a bunker, why an island? It feels like a finite resource in a way. In a way. Hawaiians need to be left alone, which is also, this is scary because didn't he give like $150 million to Hawaii? Is this just about, Mm -hmm. obviously there's no such thing as true charity with billionaires, but like, is this, was this, was that just about sort of pacifying everyone as much as possible and putting on a good public image because he is building this very expensive underground bunker. How much does this this thing cost again? I think it's gonna million? when all is said and done that they said that it'll cost in excess of two hundred and seventy million. Yeah, there there has been some stuff as well that I was reading about the native Hawaiians being displaced because of this and being discouraged from buying any of the land so that it could be bought up by this uh mental project that's happening. <laughs> but I, I I didn't put it on the list because it was like, well of course, like if an incredibly wealthy person comes to an island with a huge amount of money to build himself a a bunker, then the people who live there are going to be fucked over pretty badly. Yeah. It's um yeah, I I don't know. I'm I don't like it. I would like to think that they are just doomsday prepping. I don't know how he feels that if we get to a point where things are really going to happen it mean is it just like in case world war three officially kicks off he could take a helicopter to hawaii with his family i mean that's actually a very stupid way to get to hawaii is a helicopter <laughs> from san francisco <laughs> but yeah uh you'll die on the way there but i i do i wonder what the purpose of this is really for and it's going to be so dark and crazy making in there. Like, you know, Zuck's a simple guy in some ways. He dresses plainly. He just hits those ribs with some sweet baby rays, <laughs> which I don't think is enough. Uh, but shout out to sweet baby rays. But you just do need a little bit more of a companion there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he likes his... MMA fighting, which is can be a somewhat humble activity. I mean, I don't know. Like, I just feel like like no one, not even Zuck, who might be a robot, would like living in an underground bunker. That's no way to raise children. 
what's I would be like, Dad, what the f- like? Just you should have just let us die. I know. It's like, what are you? What are you surviving for? Is the question. Like those kids are going to wind up sleeping with their siblings. <laughs> but the th- I, the thing that like piqued my interest, honestly, was the the thirty bedrooms and thirty bathrooms plus these tree houses. So it seems like this is not just for Zuck. It's for his. It's for him, his nearest and dearest. And I think the, the actual terrifying thing for me is like I'm sure that there are a list of people who have been deemed worthy of surviving in the event of an apocalyptic event. Because you know, like I mean, Elon's whole thing is having multiple babies to try and continue mm-hmm. the human race because he thinks that his DNA is so superior, which is laughable if you've seen a side profile. But like. It does. It's like it's the same mentality, which is like they they feel that they there's something within them that is um th- that is somehow superior that is like the 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 good deed the good stock that's going to last post apocalypse. It's like it's the same thing as trying to colonize Mars. It's like it's very eugenics ish. It's like it's grotesque in that way. It's like people who are deemed worthy of survival, and honestly, like. Oh. These are kill- these are these are not people whose DNA I think is particularly extraordinary at all. No, because like they're indoor kids who might have gained some athletic ability as adults through, you know, their infinite resources and avail- free time. But like for the most part, these are probably people that sleep with their mouth open and <laughs> I do think that even with 30 bedrooms if this carries on past a generation or two, we're looking at incest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's not good. So, and I can't imagine being trapped with all those kids. Oh, No way. No. I wonder who makes, I wonder how you make the cut. Like, I assume his sister, Randy, will be invited. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, imagine being Randy Zuckerberg. Like, your brother just invents Facebook and then... <laughs> You become a billionaire by proxy. Yeah. It's bananas. But then, yeah, I just, oh, I don't want to eat vegetables like with them. (laughs) I don't think the offer's on the table. I mean, they hacked my Facebook account and I think took it down permanently. But, Mm. you know, I just, yeah, I don't think the option's on the table anyway, but it's concerning. So, yeah, it's, yeah, um, yeah. Let's well, talk about the last apocalyptic situation. That's, yes, excellent, excellent segue. You took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, this is going to be very, very interesting. Ocean Gate looks so stupid right now because <laughs> if you thought that you were that bitch in the sea, honey, wait until you find out that there is a nine-month world cruise for a bunch of freaks that would get on a cruise ship for nine months. Outrageous. Serenade of the Seas. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Tiffany. Is this the six-minute tour of the boat that you linked here? Mm -hmm. Okay. I was so bored and underwhelmed by what she showed. (laughs) Hard agree. (laughs) That I was just scrolling through waiting for something to hit. Like, even the helipad. Like... It looks so bare, and I know that there's a casino where I guess the money you win goes to the employees of the ship, which feels very insane. What, like, what do you mean? She said that there's a casino, and 
I guess maybe the not maybe not what you make, but like the money that gets put into the machines that if the house wins, which they always do in a slot machine, right? Unless you're me at the Buffalo game, it it goes to the crew. Oh, when, so it's like oh. crew, a crew bonus. I think that's what she said. I thought that was a joke because she said that she'd gone to the and then she made and then she made a joke that was like, "This is where you can donate money to the ship." As in, like, because the house always wins. I thought. Well, yeah. I mean, I you're with a sparkling sense of humor and personality like that. I I probably <laughs> did miss out on a joke or two. Here's what here's what really stopped me in my tracks. They're charging for coffee. Like, there's a coffee bar where you have to, where it's like five fifty up from like anywhere from four fifty. I think was the cheapest drink for a small espresso or something and then on the higher end we're going up to like seven eight dollars for something that's like i think they called it a frappuccino which i think is a a trademarked name but Mm. sue the boat starbucks let's see but i thought when you went on cruises that what you paid was the cost of the trip all inclusive yeah like why would you i cannot imagine like pulling out five doll hairs first thing in the morning Mm. after walking 20 miles to the coffee shop. (laughs) And I did see one of the women who's on the boat. She posted like sort of a, here's everything I brought in my, for for the cruise. And she has a bunch of those, you know, those plastic hanging things you can put on the back of a door with pockets. Mm -hmm. So she has a shit ton of those. It's up in the air for me whether or not that's a smart move. I'm looking at that thinking one rough night at sea. Oh, and that game over. 99 cent store pocket thing is coming down. But she's got, she had like freeze dried coffee in her room and she had all of these, like, you know, all the toiletries you would need. Obviously, you can replenish that stuff. She had an entire desk drawer full of just hair bands and hair ties and uh, scrunchies and stuff, which smart. I mean, you're going to like, that's the first thing you lose, right? Right. But what the fuck is going to happen? It's insane. I, I like, I, I, I oscillate honestly between thinking that this is the worst possible thing. And then also thinking, God, it would actually be kind of nice to really mentally check out on real life for nine months. But then that would only be if everything was fully all inclusive. And then, you know, like you just have your needs met for you all the time. And then you don't really have to think about life. But I, I, I don't know. I would become a full-blown alcoholic. Yeah, you'd have to be. I would go from being someone who probably likes to drink too much to being someone who is like heavily dependent on alcohol. Yeah. Because I can't imagine that this is a safe place for – I did notice no AA room, by the way. (laughs) And I'm not kidding. Like, because like you'll you'll see AA meetings like in in select tents at like Bonnaroo or like something like that. Like a lot of – a lot of – places that have sort of this big you're going to be here for a while this could be a testing environment what with the gambling and the you know alcohol access and everything else you'll see an AA room right I noticed Mm -hmm. that there wasn't that in which you could just have been keeping that anonymous but like there's cinema I cannot ever imagine that I would ever feel like watching the movie that they're playing that day no unless it was like Barbie and then I'd show up 30 minutes beforehand and some terrible family will be taking up the majority of the remaining aisle. Like, I, 
is this, I mean, like, I assume it's not mostly Americans, but are they picking up people along the way? That I, I don't understand the logistics of it. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to have beef with somebody on that ship, knowing that you're stuck with them for nine. You know, have you ever been on a holiday and you've met somebody and they're sort of like, yeah, you're having a chat and it's quite bearable. And then you like, you realize, oh God, I'm going to see you at breakfast every day for a fucking week. And then, you know, by the end of it, you're sort of like glad that it's over because you don't have to make pleasantries with this sort of like this, this person. Like, yes. imagine that for nine months. Like, I think yeah. I was someone else's that when I was 19 and I went to Mexico, an old man named Mr. Thurston, who I assume is passed now. Oh. And I threw up in a Ziploc bag on the way to go see the dolphins because <laughs> I had drank about 30 shots on my 19th birthday. And I'm sure a lot of them were partially water because I wouldn't be standing. But it was definitely that night when I like slipped in the bathroom on my own vomit and told my mom I hated her and to leave me alone, Wow. which I was nothing like I'd ever said before. But I think my mom took that on the chin really well, if I'm going to be honest with you. And the next day we took the bumpiest van ride ever. And I threw up in a Ziploc bag next to Mr. Thurston. <gasps> and I have never forgiven myself for it. And I felt scared of seeing him every day, not just because of the vomit incident. Before that, I just, I would cry at breakfast because he was an old man eating alone. <laughs> and my mom was like, Molly, he's probably happy. And I was like, I just don't understand. I just don't think Mr. Thurston could be happy. Like, <laughs> I just was like, he just seems so like, he seems like this is a trip he took because his wife died. And like, I was very consumed with it. Yeah. 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago. And I still think about Mr. Thurston all the time and how awful I felt for puking into a Ziploc bag in front of him. And everyone in the van was so cool about it. Like, no one made me feel bad. <laughs> it was a bumpy ride. Uh, you know, I actually was very hungover and I threw up in Mexico when I was 20. But I remember very acutely that I'd eaten flaming hot Cheetos and this like orange oh. soda and it was fluorescent. The vomit was fluorescent. Yeah. It's it's that special it's that special Mexican vacay vomit yeah. where yeah. you know you've been drinking blue blue things, green things, <laughs> you know anything anything that's like a thick, heavy, uh, so much sugar. Yeah, cr insane hangover. And I remember that was the trip where I just was like, fuck it, mom, I smoke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I've been smoking. Yeah. That time you found cigarettes in my room, which I still think was weird. You showed up to my college apartment without telling me and like walked into my room at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. I don't know what, what the fuck you were trying to catch me doing. But what she found was a pack of cigarettes. And I said, oh, these belong to my friend. And she was like, okay. And so, but then on that trip, I was like, yeah, mom, I smoke. And now we rip butts together. Nice. So nice. anyway. I meant to tell you something at the top of the show. And I've just remembered because you said cinema and it triggered me. And I know, look, I understand that other people's dreams are boring, but this one upset me so much that I had to tell you about it that I had last night. I love a dream. I had a dream that I was watching. I went to a cinema with Billy that was like, a cool part like cool posh cinema that showed old movies and we went to see who framed roger rabbit and while we were there the cinema became overrun with drunk people and children 
And Billy and I weren't sitting together. He was sat on a seat that was elevated six feet up from me, but it was next to Billy. I know. Why wasn't he with you? And he kept saying, oh, there's a spare seat up here. Come and sit up here. So I went up to go and sit there. And then this woman sat in it and I had to sit on his lap. And then I was like, no, this is too weird. And then I said, I can't enjoy this film. The fucking kids and the the drunk people. I was like, I'm just not doing it. I'm just going to go. And he was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Anyway. We left, we ended up getting separated. And then when he found me again, he told me that I'd gone viral on the internet for talking during the movie and somebody had taken pictures of me. And I said, I'm going to have to fucking talk about this on Trend Lightly. I'm the story. I've become the story. And then it was a true nightmare. You think I haven't had that dream before? (laughs) Oh, I know, honey. (laughs) It's my biggest fear that like I... It's, I think it might be, if I have OCD, I think it might be that, Mm. but I fixate a lot on like, if I go, go out of control on a plane, which I'm so scared of because I don't know why it happens, Mm. why it's been happening nonstop. But if I go mental on a plane, not only will I have to address probably the press or the public and have my trial televised or something. But I'll have to go on here and say, hey, guys, I'm sorry. You know, I assume maybe in this scenario, I I drank two Bloody Marys and had half a Xanax. (laughs) This is what the scenario I worry about. But no, I um, I worry about that. And I'm sorry that you had that dream because it's very it's bone chilling. It's bad. And it's bad enough to have those thoughts awake. But when you're asleep. Even if you are aware you're dreaming and you know it's a dream, it is, it shakes you. Like, yeah. Yeah. I wake up very mad about my dreams. I was chilled to the bone. I remember very distinctly the feeling of like, that I knew that I hadn't been talking, that I was leaving because it was in fact noisy, but somebody really had it out for me and they'd gone on this thread and and then I was reading all the comments of people talking about how rude and entitled I was. And I was like, but I'm not. So I ended up doing, so I ended up reaching out to the person and saying, if you had such a terrible time, I'm so sorry. I will personally, you know, PayPal Venmo you the cost of your ticket because I was like, I'm going to try and make it right. And then I was like, okay, Okay, I've done the I've done the PR. That's fine. So I put that in the thread. You know, really sorry she had a terrible experience. I'm going to put it right. People were of course not happy because they never are. And then I was so angry about it that I PayPal'd her thirty quid and I said, "You fucking cunt!" as the <laughs> as the message when you send it on PayPal. And um, and I was like, "Oh, she's going to screenshot that." And then I woke up. Your Tana popped out. My yeah, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. It was rough. I, I literally woke up in a sweat. Like I'm not kidding. It was so traumatic. Yeah. I'm, I, so, I I'm a good girl. I'm a good girl. There's nothing worse than waking up like heartbroken after a dream as well. Like mm-hmm. when you have a really good dream and you wake up and you're like, oh, it was a dream. That's so sad. Yeah. Too. Uh, yeah, just, you know, fuck dreams. Like, <laughs> maybe I'll start smoking pot really hard again because I didn't have dreams for a long time. And then they came back. And then now I have night terrors, <laughs> which is fun to explain. Hey, so if I wake up screaming, I'm probably okay, but I might have a panic <laughs> attack after. You guys, 
I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to one and all. Look forward for our 2024 predictions in which Tiffany literally brutally murders me every year. I tried <laughs> so fucking hard, you guys. I tried so hard. I caught Tiffany hasn't finished her list yet. I've worked on mine for over a week and a half. So once again, I've probably thought too hard about it, but that will be available for all of our Patreon subscribers and afters listeners on the day that this airs, Tuesday, the day that this airs for the public, it goes up early on Monday. That will be uh, available then. And then that episode will air in the main feed. If you are not a member, if you are not a member, we still love, appreciate you. And you are just as meaningful as everyone else. But we also do, of course, love our supporters. Thank you for that. Thank you for all of your support this year. And, you know, we're just over the moon about you. We love you. Some of the some of the coolest people uh, I, I encounter are people who listen to this podcast. So I just thank you very much. And yeah, yeah, Tiffany, I love you. I love you. Thank you for for doing this with me for going on almost three years. Jesus, <laughs> I feel like that's come. We're coming up on it, right? No, two, <laughs> two. I feel like yeah. Oh yeah, we got to do something. You're bejeweled to me. And we will talk to you guys soon. Please, uh, please be safe. Have a great holiday. And let us know what you, what your best gift was that you got and oh, the yeah. best gift that you were that you gave. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Merry Bye. Christmas. Bye. Seen a shawty that look like a Delta G. Every girl in here ten, but it ain't no Tennessee. And you might just get some money, but it ain't no guarantee. Delta G's on the left, Delta G's on the right. And you know I stay in Texas, I don't really like to fight. Like we in 2013, shawty do it for the vine. Shawty moving real well, I might have to wind it down. Threw the money to the ceiling, now watch it hit the floor. Now rag it up, huh? rag, rag, rag it up, king, bag it up, huh? bag, bag, bag it up, king, stack it up, stack, stack, stack it up. She said, where you at? Sam Marcus down in Texas. And if I drop a pin. Best believe that she on the Thought way. She was important, but I moved her right about the way. Delta cheese tonight. Told her, baby, I got cheese tonight. Get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no TAC. Low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow. Like they tell her. Shout out TurboTax, tax refund. What's another bag? The quarterback at recess. No rush. And you gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission. No rush. This ain't UT. Why shirt orange like a pump? Mama call me as we have colleges. I said, bus. Hi, I'm Tatiana Maslany. I'm the Emmy award-winning actor of the hit TV show, Orphan Black. I'm also the star and executive producer of Power Trip, my brand new show on Realm. And I'm Amy. I'm not in the show, but I am here to tell you about it. Power Trip is a dark comedy for fans of Fleabag and Russian Doll. Tatiana Maslany plays Jane, a woman who receives a black market kidney transplant for her chronic illness and ends up with the mysterious ability to make people do as she commands. Suddenly feeling in control for the first time in her life, Jane learns how tempting it can be to exert her powers at any cost. Featuring performances from Grammy winner Lisa Loeb and actor Brendan Hines, Power Trip follows Jane and her loved ones, including a new group of friends with powers, as they navigate the messiness of life and love in New York City. Learn more about Power Trip at realm.fm. And be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.